sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here on to the early line. Hour number two as we get you ready for a Tuesday. Action in the NBA will resume. They had a little bit of a break there because I think, quite frankly, Kev, they don't want to go up against the NFL on a Sunday or a Monday night. But here we have the resumption of this series between the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers are up 2-0. Here is game three. I saw a stat that I thought was absolutely ridiculous, Kev. And I wanted to get your just reaction to it. When we break down games, Kev, you look at the plus minus of players a lot, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, check this one out, Kev. In game two, and correct me if I'm wrong, games are still 48 minutes, right? In game two, Jamal Murray, have you seen this, Kev? In this Mm -hmm. game, Jamal Murray played 44 of the 48 minutes, Kevin. In the 44 minutes he played, the Denver Nuggets were plus 16. Kevin, that means that in the four minutes that Jamal Murray did not play, the Denver Nuggets were a minus 18 in those four minutes. Now, is that an outlier? Is that crazy? Or does Jamal Murray just need to play the entire game? Um... We've seen some That's spots That's dramatic, like that. isn't it, though? That's dramatic, no, it is. Kevin. It is. No, it is. Absolutely. Now, we've seen a couple of spots like that, though, pop up in the postseason. Okay. I think it's a, it's a jarring number. Here's what I would say back to you, though. What's the adjustment? He can't play 48. He can't. It's outrageous. He's not going to, right? And if he does, his efficiency will drop off. And I think more concerning, though, is as we look through the plus-minus numbers, right, is that it is unlikely Jamal Murray finds himself at a plus-16 again. And it's also very unlikely LeBron finds himself at a minus-9 again. Because, Dane, if I only offered you that Jamal Murray played 44 minutes and was a plus-16 and LeBron played 36 and was a minus-9, you went, oh, wow. I'd say the Nuggets won that game. I'd say the Nuggets won that game, yes. Well, they did. But that's not was the case. Absolutely. And talk to me about Miles Plumley switching out on that Anthony Davis three. Because, you know, I mean, was it his fault? I still saw Jokic's arm, you know, in yeah, AD's yeah. face, and he hit that shot. But a lot of people are saying, you know, Plumsy going Plumley going under the screen instead of over, the way you know you're taught. You know, how big of a mistake was that? It actually it actually wasn't his fault. So him and Jeremiah Grant were talking before the play. And Grant said, you need to be here for the LeBron dive to the basket. And he was like, okay, cool, got it. We all agree. LeBron, the most important player on this play. And LeBron heard that and stood still and said, great, awesome, cool. And he stood still. No fans in the bubble. Maybe if there were fans cheering, he wouldn't have been able to hear that. Yeah. I mean, he was also stood right next to him. Um, I think he was going to hear it regardless. You think, though, they maybe could have sorted that out beforehand. But LeBron heard it, stood there. Plumlee ran to LeBron like Jeremiah Grant asked. Though Grant, unprepared to switch out on it to Anthony Davis, catch, shoot, three, game. 
Yeah, you know, it was interesting. Obviously, you know, in that context, a two beat you as well. Right. So I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't try to leave LeBron necessarily either. I understand that. But let's spin it forward to game three, which is tonight. I see the Lakers as six and a half point favorites. I see a total at 213. Now, you said a lot, Kev, you know, it would be a fool's errand as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country here onto the grid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. You know, you've said a number of times, right, in a game or in a series, it'd be foolish to completely count Denver out. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. They were close. They came on back. So what do you expect here in, you know, in game three? What is the adjustment, Kev? That's what I want to ask. Or is it just like Denver has to rely on their perseverance and toughness and grit and try to battle back? I mean, that's what they will try to do. That is is it, right. I mean, it, within them, they're going to try and stay aggressive. And I just don't know if there's an answer for this team. Now, I will tell you this. I think the Lions six and a half over the course of the game is not the way I would want to play it if I were to back the Lakers. I think I might rather lay the three and a half on the first game spread. Now, you might disagree here, right? But I would look at game four in the previous two rounds as the game where the Lakers had the opportunity to bury their opponent. And against Portland, they won 135 to 115. And against Houston, they won 110 to 100. They were up by 16 points at the half against Houston, and they were up by almost a billion points, it felt like, at the end of the first half against Portland. So what we've seen from the Lakers, and again, I've tried to tiptoe around this the entire time that we've talked about this series because I know it then will come off disrespectful to people to suggest that the Nuggets might not get a game. But I just think the Lakers look at this spot. There's no reason to be giving games away, right? You can't chalk it up to, all right, they got one in Denver, right? You're not going to chalk it up to, look, we get the split here and we'll close this out in five in our building. No, no, no. There's no reason for that. Win this game. Make this 3-0. Beat them down. And the Lakers have done that consistently in this postseason in that spot, I think I might look to lay three and a half in the first half. You know, and that's interesting. And from a Lakers side, I understand that. But I feel like I can say the same thing. Like the Denver Nuggets have not been gone, will not go lightly. They keep getting down, though. That's why the first half is ideal, is they they keep getting these leads built up against them. Yep, but we'll we'll see if they continue to have that heart of the champion and able to battle back. They've shown that they can. Will they do it against this opponent is potentially another question. We'll see if there's any props Kevin likes on this game when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid, the spitting statistician and the candle burner, giving it to you every weekday morning, 7 to 9 a.m., hopefully to make it a profitable day. Let's talk about this Western Conference final a little bit more here, Kev. It seems to me, as I'm trying to, you know, mine for nuggets in what you are talking about, the way you're analyzing this game, that you think there's an opportunity here for the Lakers to sort of, you know, enforce their will on some mm-hmm. level we'll see if the denver nuggets have anything to say about that because they have in the past when other teams have tried to you know kind of uh put them to bed shall we say are the lakers different are the lakers are cut above do the lakers deserve to be viewed as that kind of you know championship team i think tonight's game will go a long way to deciding that but let's drill down a little bit more i see a total kev here of 213 and a half we've talked about generally how the totals have been getting lower how games have been getting tighter and more half court in the playoffs as we move along so i want to see if you are on a bet there and then also in the prop market right like how is this going to happen i'll tell you if jamal murray plays another 44 minutes at plus 18 Hmm. he might be someone to look at but where are you going in these markets kev so for the props market i'm very interested in lebron on the heels of a game that i think people would say uh he disappointed in and he scored 26 points but he only had six in the second half And the Lakers were abysmal in the second half from an offensive standpoint for a lot of that game, needing Anthony Davis to shoulder the load. So I look at some of the games this postseason where I think people would tell you that LeBron underperformed. I look at game two against Portland. He only had 10 points. Now, it was a game where it wasn't very necessary. He only played 27 minutes. But he came out the next game and scored 38. I think about game two against Houston where he only scored... He had no points in the fourth quarter, only scored 20. So game two, he scores 28. That would be over the 26 and a half that we're seeing there as well. Game four, again, bit of a route, wasn't necessary, but only scored 16 points, comes back around for 29. And even in the game the other night, he was on the heels of only scoring 15. And in a underwhelming offensive performance, it felt like for a lot of people, Still got you to 26. I think there's a good chance LeBron gets into the 30s tonight. I think over 26 and a half. And I think it's some plus money. His over two and a half three-point prop is in play. I'll also let you know on the total, uh, I think that isolating this game from the Lakers' perspective might be a safer way to play it. For the game, it is 110 and a half. In the first game, we know they scored 126. They got to 105, and that was despite only scoring 45 points in the second half. It could also be a spot, though, Dane, if we're going to go full in on the Lakers' first half perspective. Game one, they scored 70 in the first half. Game two, they scored 60. That over-under is 56.5 for the first half. All right, fair. So they have gone over that number, it looks like, in the first couple of games. And, you know, you've been really clued into kind of like LeBron's mind. I remember in game one, you were on his assist number and he got over that you know you're you're I I think you were very tuned into like how LeBron wants to puppeteer his team right whether it's getting people involved or coming off a bad game how he may do it Rajon Rondo has also you know playoff Rondo has been a real thing I wouldn't mind getting on some of his numbers as well we will talk tomorrow about 
if the Lakers were able to enforce their will here in Game 3. And we'll also take a look at the Eastern Conference Finals as the Celtics and the Heat renew their hostilities for Game 4 of that series. That series has been on pause for a little while because, remember, they got started early, right? So they have to have like kind of the Western Conference almost make it up, and they don't want to compete with football. I will have more questions about the Seas and the Heat for you tomorrow. I do want to turn our attention, though, Kev, to Major League Baseball because we are in the Final week, Kevin. There are six days left. I'll say that again. There are six days left in the regular season uh, for Major League Baseball. So, you know, I'm the math guy, right, Kev? 60 games minus six days. That means teams should have played 54 games by now. Unfortunately, there are a number of teams who haven't, Kev, because some of these teams are going to be behind the eight ball. Some of these teams are going to have, you know, double headers stacking up on them to play this week, straining the team, straining the pitching staff for some teams that are literally, Kev, like right in the middle of the playoff chase. When we look at these standings, Kev, I think there are three places where there's still the opportunity for chaos as it relates to teams that actually are contending or are potentially playoff bound. But it's been a little while since we have talked about baseball, about the standings, about where they are. We see now at this point five teams have already qualified for the playoffs in the American League, the Rays, the White Sox, the A's, the Twins, and the Yankees. So we congratulate them. And then on the National League, though, Kev, there's still a lot up for grabs. Only the Dodgers and the Padres out West have clinched their spot so far. So I want to ask you from a big picture standpoint, and then we'll get into some of those races and some of the tension points still in the standings. But from a big picture standpoint, Kev, like, do you think these races are decided? Do you think we have the right, you know, eight teams in the AL? Do we have the right 16? You've always been like with that playoff probability in the 90s, that sort of thing. Where do you think we're shaking out? And then we'll zone in on a couple of the races that are still in play in, it, in the season's final week. Yeah, I mean, as far as the American League goes, I think it was a, at least a month ago where we said these are the eight teams that are going to go to the playoffs. And those are the eight teams that sit there. The only question that would remain, if there is to be a question that remains, is could the Seattle Mariners somehow be three games better the rest of the way against the Astros? They beat the Astros the other night. They're playing the Astros again today. And then they've got another one against the Astros. Now the Mariners are going to finish things up with Oakland, that final set for them. The That's Astros tough. are going to be finishing things up at with Texas, the Rangers. At Texas, yep. So, so you got to think the schedule leans itself to favor Houston anyway, and they're not the one with two games to make up. Right. The uh, I would say the reality of it is Seattle needs a sweep of Houston. Yep, I think that's right. You know, they're going to have to make hay when they are head-to-head because, you know, you can't rely on the Texas Rangers or some of these other teams to get Houston. Although, you're right, that still is in play. I will say this, though, Kev. I think mm. in the American League, at least, the more important race is who will win the NL Central. The NL Central is 
pretty much the only division, in my opinion, that's still up for grabs. The Chicago White Sox have a one and a half game lead on the Minnesota Twins. Okay, but as we see, you know, we see who they still have left, and it's kind of it's kind of up for grabs. Minnesota has Detroit and Cincinnati. The White Sox have Cleveland and the Cubs. I don't see a huge difference there and the opponents, but here's the difference, right? The whoever finishes in second is probably going to be on that 4-5 line, Kev. Their opponent mm-hmm. there, the New York Yankees. The winner of the division, right, is wind is probably I would say going to wind up maybe in that two spot and get one getting one of the wild card teams which at this point I believe is Toronto right so the matchup of Toronto versus the matchup of the Yankees in a three game set I think that is big talk to me about this one we only got about a minute left until the break we can carry it on yeah. but I think this AL Central is a race that's still alive and it matters because I believe there's a difference in who you're seeing next week in that tight three game set yeah, we, we should carry it to the other side. I will say okay. right now, Cleveland looks locked into the seven. The seven? Tough to see, tough to see movement there. They, I mean, look, they're only two up on Toronto. Could they catch the eight? I don't know, though, how, I don't know who Cleveland is catching. It'd have to be really Minnesota of two and a half. The two and a half to get to that second line. The two the and a half back is, of Minnesota. I think this, Dan, and we can we can expand on this on the other side. Sure. Cleveland, like they can't zoom up, but they could catch the team right in front of them. And I think that's the case in a lot of these American League races right now. All right, so let's do that. Let's talk about this a little bit more on the other side of the break, Kev, because listen. There's only six days left, right? It's very condensed. We knew this was going to happen. And then there's some spots in the National League where I think it's even more of a dumpster fire because the games aren't even going to get played. We'll talk about it when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Right here, back on the early line, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. We welcome in our radio audience back in across the country as well, especially out there on the West Coast with the mightier 1090. Thanks for waking up early with us here on the early line. And and, and Kev, these teams out West, right, are all the mightier 1090 fans in here. If you're a Padres fan, right, if you're a Giants fan, right, if you're an Astros fan, an A's fan, you've got a lot of stuff to still continue. Consider here, we are looking at the American League still. I know the National League standings are up because that is definitely something we got to talk about. But I do want to still work on this American League, especially the Central. We've been talking about this for a while, Kev. You got the Twins. You got the Chicago White Sox. And then the Indians are not dead yet either, right? Because they're only, um, this is after yesterday. After yesterday's action, the Indians, I believe, are even closer um, than it's says in this graphic they are you know they're right there as well two and a half maybe behind minnesota so 
how is this going to break out? You know, all of these teams still have a chance. And I fundamentally believe that you don't want to see the Yankees necessarily in that four or five spot, which is likely whoever winds up in the second place in this division is going to wind up seeing. How does this shake out, Kev? I think this is it's so interesting, Dane. And and as we kind of look at things through the prism of these league outright winners, right? And you mm. see the Yankees still there as the top choice, right? I wonder if to a degree, as they have pieced these things together, do mm. they say, you know, we can't worry too much about matchups because we don't know, but I absolutely must pull over to a market that I'm surprised to still see available. The AL Central division market is still up. Minus really? 420 on the Chicago White Sox, plus 260 on the Minnesota Twins, 75 to 1 on the Cleveland Indians. That Minnesota Twins number is very interesting to me. You know, that it is a game and a half, Kev, right? And yeah. there's double headers to be played, right? Remember how we talked about this division? And we're saying, oh, by the time we, it was one weekend we were talking about it. And mm-hmm. it was like, on by the time Monday comes, the team that's in first may be in the third. And that's exactly what happened. And remember, I'll also say this. There are six days left in the season. Those Minnesota Twins have five games left to play. The other teams both have six left to play. We're going to have mm-hmm. to look at this because at least when we turn our attention to the National League, the teams that are involved have more than six games left to play, Kev. And, uh, you know, these games in hand are going to be very interesting as well. As we look to the um, the American League race, you know, I do see some teams, like, for example, look at the Oakland A's. They played 53 games. They got to do seven in six days, and they're not the only team. So it is going to be a gauntlet. It is going to be a sprint to the finish. They call the boys of summer this marathon. We knew it was condensed coming in and now with only one week left it is still condensed in a number of places kev though i think it's even crazier in the national league i honestly do i think there are a couple of interesting tension points in the national league let's start with complete chaos right the wild card spot as i look to the bottom of the national league kev look at these standings with The Cardinals, who, by the way, have nine games left if they want to get to 60. I don't know that they're going to. It looks like they're only scheduled to get to 58, right? But look at this. If you go after the uh, sixth team, let's say, you got the Cardinals, then the Reds, the Phillies, the Brewers, the Giants, all of those teams, Kev, right now, I'll throw the Marlins in there as well. Those are like six teams right now separated by a game and a half, Kev. If you look at the Marlins all the way down, right, all the way down to, I'd call it the Giants. Maybe you even want to call the Rockies left in there. I wouldn't, but there's a whole bunch of teams. And remember, add up their games played. The Cardinals have a ton of extra games in hand to make up. So do the San Francisco Giants. How is this one going to shake out looking at their schedules? So (laughs) the Cardinals, um, I just don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what... And it's going to matter. You know what I mean? There's six teams within a game and a half. Those two extra random games, how would those not matter? Come on now. I mean, look, this is what we're talking about. Let's – we'll hit this in its its totality. But let's just have this conversation 
once What's more. Up? And unfortunately, we're going to have to have it a hundred more times, it feels like. The Cardinals not having those two games scheduled is not going to be acceptable. It's not. And if they don't have an off day, right, Dan? I mean, that would be mind-blowing. No, if they of course did, not. Right? Come on. <laughs> so what we're talking about here is the Cardinals either having to live on win percentage, which I can't believe, or on that Monday, that day off, having to play a doubleheader against the Detroit Tigers to decide where they go in the playoffs. And Kev, here's the other thing, right? Because if you look not only at the National League, but at the NL Central specifically, Kev, the Cardinals right now are in second place in that division. And note how that's like a whole different line, right? That completely upsets seeding and all that, right? So check this out. Like, you could be uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, for example, and on that Monday have no idea what city you're flying to because you don't know what the Cardinals, the Cardinals could be on that second place line. They could Mm -hmm. be one of the two NL wildcard teams, or they could be out of it altogether because of the outcome of that doubleheader. And that's literally going to redirect four planes in the sky on Monday. And also, right, if you're the Cardinals, don't you need to know if you're going to have to play this Tigers doubleheader. Right, because you got to organize your rotation on, on Saturday. Cor- right. Yeah. Because those are the games. On, a, ga- on a day where you're going to have a doubleheader, Kev, you have a doubleheader on Saturday, okay? And you yeah. do not know if you're going to have to play one game, two games, or not on Monday. I believe, and, then, yeah. I, and it's not their fault, right? But the Cardinals, this is going to be chaos, Kev. And, and, and let's clarify this, by the way. This doubleheader, it doesn't exist right now. It doesn't Yet. exist right now. But, like, <laughs> I mean, Dane, you tell me, okay, if you had to guess, do they make up those two games against the Detroit Tigers? So here's the funny part, Kev. And, you know, you know how we talk about math sometimes, right, and I'm the math guy and blah, 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 and all that stuff, right? Winning percentage might not get it done. Kev, and this is very, very unique because they've got two games left, right? 58 is an even number, 60 is an even number. Not only here's where winning percentage may not come to pass, Kev. All these teams, you know what nice round number of winning percentage they all may end up with? Whether the Cardinals Hmm. play 58 or 60, you know what I'm talking about, right? Because, yeah, if you're one game over, if you're one game under, yeah, your winning percentage is going to look like 509 or 513 or something. Kev, there is a universe where the tie winning percentage is 500 exactly. And right. then and what? The, when winning yeah. percentage we can't go to head to head going to decide it. Exactly. They that's what I'm saying. Teams. So that's what I'm saying, Kev. Also, like that's winning percentage idea that maybe Manfred is just going to go to that we don't know if it's official or not. That might not get it done, Kev, because there is a universe, a very clear universe, where these teams that are playing for this, their winning percentage is right there at 500. I mean, the Reds are one over. The Cardinals are one over. The Brewers are one under. The Giants are one under. The Phillies are on 500. So we may have four teams here 
at a tiebreaker, all at 500, with the Cardinals just two games less played, but still at 500, Kev. This Mm -hmm. Monday and the weekend, I know everyone's going to be looking at the Eastern and Western Conference Finals and NFL Week 3 and the Stanley Cup Finals, but there is chaos on the horizon in Major League Baseball, Kev, and I'm kind of excited to see what they do. And I think the reason why right now I would like to believe they'll play those two games is the National League isn't supposed to begin until Wednesday. So at least the Cardinals would still have one day off as opposed... I mean, because the reason why this is so tough is if you're the Cardinals, as long as you're secure, you're going to be vehemently against playing those games. And if you're the Tigers, you have nothing to play for. So why do you want to play those games? But if you're the Brewers or the Giants... Right. Or then you the want Rockies the Cardinals the to play those games, and you're sending yeah. bouquets to the Tigers because the difference of them splitting that doubleheader or getting swept is the difference of a lot of other teams' fortunes, whether they qualify or not, right. and what city they potentially fly to and, for the first And that's the matchup. thing, though. Even if, right... We say, ah, tough luck Brewers or tough luck Giants. No, it still makes the the difference. But no, but fine. It makes the difference if I'm the Phillies and I'm going to play the Dodgers. Right. I'm going to play not the Dodgers. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the same way. Me a lot. Yeah. Remember, in the same way, we talked about the AL Central and that second place team who might draw the Yankees versus drawing the Blue Jays here, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking about the same thing for the bottom of the NL, right? And there's a difference of drawing the Dodgers versus drawing the Braves or the Cubs or the Fathers in the first round. And because they just don't get the job finished with the Cardinals, and because they are all hovering around the nice round win percentage of 500 this is going to be a dumpster fire keep an eye on the cardinals we will talk about another leverage point kevin in the national league race which is not decided and can completely upset the apple cart and we will zone in on the national league east which has some left to talk about when we come back here on the early line SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody, right here onto the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid, Dane Martinez and my man Kevin Walsh, who is trying to find out right now as we speak if there are any other weird ripple effects as we're talking about winning percentage. And it's going to be interesting. Here's the other piece for context setting, Kev, that I think is very important for people to understand the way the seedings are going to go, Kev. Remember, these eight are not just the three division champs, and then the next best five, right? Some people may assume that, but that would be a fool's errand, okay? It is not the three division champs and then the next best five. It's the three division champs, 
then the three second place teams, and then two wild card teams. And because of that, Kevin, I think we still have another big time race to be decided. And it is in the National League East, where right now the Miami Marlins are in second place. They are two games over 500, 28 and 26. They've played 40, excuse me, they've played 54. So they have six games left to play. And then the Philadelphia Phillies are only one game back, Kev. And with six to play, one game is certainly doable to make up. And I make this point because whoever finishes second, right, in this division is likely going to be that five or six seed, okay? And have to see maybe the Padres or the Cubs in the first round. The other one may wind up falling all the way to eight and see the Dodgers in the first round because if you finish in third in the NL East, it may be one of those two wild card teams. So Marlins-Phillies is another leverage point for this week. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I look at the Marlins, though, as a team that we've given credit to all year long, two games above 500. But you said it, right, Dan? I mean, they're only a game and a half up on the Giants who sit all the way back at 10. So this team's yeah. playoff spot is far from secure. The same, though, is absolutely true for the Phillies. I think you could realistically say that the Mets, three back of the Phillies, have a outside chance, albeit a very outside chance, meaning that the Phillies are far from any type of guarantee to find themselves into the postseason. Yeah, and and listen, the schedule does not smile on either one of these teams, in my opinion, Kev. You know, the Marlins have at Atlanta, who are playing themselves, right? And then the Yankees, right? And they're worried about seeding. They're trying to get healthy. Meanwhile, the other side, the Phillies, it's not easy either. They finish at Washington. All right, maybe that's a little bit better than what the Marlins are seeing. But then they've got Tampa, to finish up, and that is no easy task either. The Tampa Bay Rays at the top of the American League, they could be fighting for the number one seed overall. When I tell you who the opponents that lie before the Marlins and the Phillies, do you think one has an edge over another and how it shakes out? Man, you know, it's this is the thing though, Dan. You know, as I look through these, as I look through these teams' schedule, I think yeah. I might be trapping myself a bit. Because I did it with Talk the Yankees. Me. I was like, man, they got the Blue Jays and the Marlins. They might just went out here. And then yesterday, the Blue Jays put a beating on them. And it's a reminder that none of these teams, I think, in Major League Baseball are set to lay down for anybody. And also, right. baseball is a game of such variance that yep. it really it matters who you play. Ultimately, right, if you're the match, you wish your games today weren't against the Tampa Bay Rays, right? That would be sure. ideal. But I think this is going to fall on the shoulders of the Marlins and fall on the shoulders of the Phillies, if you will, where schedule be damned. This is in your hands. You control your destiny. I'm with that, Kev. Here's the only problem with what I, with what I see about that. You're right. They do control their destiny. The problem for me is that Major League Baseball has put these teams in a tough spot because of the doubleheaders that need to happen, right? You're right. Mm -hmm. It's in front of all of them, right? But the Cardinals are at a competitive disadvantage. They just are because they have two doubleheaders scheduled, you know, in this week when every game matters. And they're going to have to run out their split squad team. 
a couple times mm-hmm. over this weekend, right? And we talk about all these tension points, the AL Central crown and what it means to the matchups and how the White Sox and the Twins and even to a lesser extent the Indians are still involved. We talk about the the dumpster fire that is the bottom of this National League, you know, wild card slash div, uh, second place, right? Like the whole bottom half. There's only two teams that have, you know, clinched their spot in the National League. With six days left to go, Kev, two mm-hmm. of the eight spots are solidified. Like, that's enough right there to know that there is still a wide universe of things that can happen. And I believe that it should be exciting, right, Kev? We should be like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Yet, instead, we're like, oh, man. It's really messed up for the Cardinals. It's really messed up for the Marlins, right? That they can't fully on even footing take advantage of what may be in front of them. So if this was a normal kind of playoff chase, I'd be really, Mm -hmm. really excited. But we talked about the expanded nature of the playoffs, the unique context of this, and some of the and some of the uh, kind of issues that I think are now coming back to bite people in the hind parts. And the last thing I'll say on this, Kev. Is this also assumes that there's no rain in this country all week long? Yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> that's a whole other issue in of itself, right? I just want to say, though, asking you shall receive, we got a Jeff Passan update, actually, on this Cardinal situation while we were talking. So pardon me while Great. I look down, but I want to read this to make sure I get this right. He was right. Go he goes, and this, uh, by the way, the lead here is, here's the situation according to sources. So, by the way... When we said we didn't have this as public information, right? No we one does. Correct. We were no correct. one does. So that's a very important distinction to make. But how is this not known on. with six days left? You know what I mean, Kev? Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Because the and Cardinals have to strategize based yeah. on something, right? You would think that they know, but maybe the rest of us don't. Well, and maybe here's okay. why. Listen <laughs> to the plan, Dane. He says, at the beginning of the season, Major League Baseball told told teams that in coronavirus-caused cases, such as the Cardinals, teams would make up as many games as possible and that make-up games would be played only if they had a direct impact on which teams make the playoffs, not seeding. Sounds like we're in that universe, though. He did say, though, now the two games that St. Louis could make up in Detroit could potentially get them to the four seed and flip home field advantage and catch the Padres, that would be the exception. Now, that's not going to happen. The Padres would have to go one and five, and the Cardinals would have to win out. So that's not going to happen. But basically, what he's gone on to say here is that if the Cardinals games, if those two games are the difference between them either making or missing the postseason, they will be played. But he also seemingly has said, though, that it might only be one game. They are not. If they only need to make one to clarify the playoffs. Gotcha. And and it's the gap. So it doesn't matter now seeding. Phillies, tough luck. You're going to L.A., Reds. Good for you. Like those things are now not going to matter. So that's the update, according to sources. By the way, that's not fine. definitive, but but I mean Jeff Passan has obviously the best sources in the world in Major League Baseball. No, I hear that. But that's what we now are going to work off the assumption of. If the unless the Cardinals are locked into the playoffs, right, or eliminated, those two games, right, right, or or out of right, and the gap is those two games. Those two games will be played. All right, Kev. Well, I look back at the standings in the way I talked about this to start, right? I'll give you the Dodgers. I'll give you the Padres. I'll give you the Braves. I'll give you the Cubs, okay? Um, Those are four teams 
that are, you know, going to qualify, right? We think the three division mm-hmm. champions and the Padres who have already clinched their spot. That's four, right? Then yeah. there's four other spots to be decided. Some, like we talked about, you know, like Atlanta, excuse me, um, you know, uh, Miami or Philly will make it because one of them will be second place, right? Uh, one of these teams will be second place in the Central as well. But you take that off the table, Kev, it is going to matter. When I still see Miami, St. Louis, Cincinnati, Philly, Milwaukee, and the Giants, that's six teams literally right now within a game and a half. And, Kev, of those six teams, four of them are going to qualify. Two of them will not. So with six games left to that horizon on, like, they'll play them if it matters, you know, I'll be willing to bet you right now. At least it's it's going to matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so we're going to be in that situation. And I think because there's the second place line and then the wild card line and different matchups, right, avoiding the Dodgers potentially um, right. until, you know, further down in the playoffs, this matters. And here's the thing. All right, Kevin, yeah. I'm looking at some of the games tonight, today, right? The Phillies have Aaron Nola on the hill, minus 194 favorites. The White Sox and Indians have a big-time matchup. Oh, yeah, but the Indians have Shane Bieber on the hill today. They are primed and ready to maybe tighten it up. The Milwaukee Brewers and the Cincinnati Reds, two of those teams, they play each other in a series right now. The Reds said Sonny Gray to the hill to be minus 154 favorites in that one. And on and on we go. The St. Louis Cardinals are minus 108 today. You even talk about the Mariners, you know, who are playing Houston. All of these games, Kev, are still going to matter all the way until late at night, the last game of the day, when the San Francisco Giants are minus 150 favorites tonight at home against the Colorado Rockies, they're live too. This is so interesting. And I think what's even wilder is the idea that they're going to show up or have Detroit show up, whichever way that those games are supposed to be played. And it's going to be a seven-inning doubleheader, and we won't even know if the second one will be necessary. Right? It's going to matter to play. Right. Like, we don't it could even... be a thing where if they win, they don't have to play it. Right? And then how do you right. manage that? Or how do you manage the Sunday game or the doubleheader Saturday beforehand? That doubleheader for the Cardinals at the end of the week mm-hmm. on Saturday, I think is going to be very, very interesting. Well, Kev, I think at least, correct me if I'm wrong, we've at least identified the team's that we definitely still need to follow here in Major League Baseball, right? I mean, once we got to the end of the bubble in basketball, we knew the Washington Wizards didn't matter. We knew some of the Western the Sacramento Kings didn't matter. But we were like, oh, these Phoenix Suns, the, the, the Spurs, the Grizzlies, the Trailblazers, we got to focus on that. I think we have identified the places in the Major League Baseball standings that are going to be incredible tension points for the rest of the year and kev i don't know if you're with me brother but uh i am hoping for the chaos i am hoping for the st louis cardinals to have to play those games and planes to still be grounded until the outcome of a doubleheader against the damn detroit tigers on monday and i'll just make this point as well then right the two teams that are somehow just like slipping under all of this right because the dodgers are the team at the top Padres are everybody's favorite. There's all this yep. madness. And then the Cubs and the Braves are just there like, all right, just let us know who we're playing, man. Like, whatever. Like, they're sat there. At They'll 32. be at home at least. <laughs> right. The thing is, they're sat there at 32 and 22. 
They're not going to catch the Dodgers. They're six back right. of them. Not, neither one of them are going to fall behind to the two spot in their own division. That would be miraculous. And it doesn't matter which one of them is the two and which one of them is the three because, first of all, who the heck knows what that means, who you're going to be playing. There's no reason to be sat there trying to get yourself a certain matchup. And also, it's not like one of you is going to have home field advantage over the other in the second round. So the Cubs and the Braves are two teams that I find incredibly interesting. And as we get closer, Dane, to the bracket yeah. being set, they are two teams that interest me in this NL pennant race. If someone out there believes with conviction that they know which one of these teams is built to beat the other, I can then make a strong argument that you should be betting that team to win the NL pennant. I hear that. You know, I still think there could be some variance in that first round series, but we don't even know who those opponents are going to be, Kev. And over the break, do me a favor, Kev. Go look at the San Francisco Giants' schedule. They've got seven games to play in six days. Do me a favor. Please go look at their schedule and talk to me about what you think they are doing this Thursday, what the San Francisco Giants are scheduled to maybe do this Thursday. It looks like they may have a doubleheader against two different teams, Kev. We'll talk about it when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back in, everybody. Right here on the early line on SportsGrid, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. Kev, I thought it was good that we take an opportunity to dig into what the chaos may look like in Major League Baseball, especially in the National League, because, you know, we've been talking football and obviously the, the playoffs in the NBA and NHL, but it's coming down to it and it's going to be very interesting. We will keep our eye on some of these key teams moving forward. But one of our headline stories today, Kev, is really the injuries in the NFL and the word that Saquon Barkley with a torn ACL will miss the rest of his season. And at this point, you know, it's kind of a injury prone tag for Saquon. And we wondered because he's one of those running backs who are going to be looking for the monster extension coming up, right, Kevin? So the question is, you know, will these injuries kind of prevent the Giants from viewing him as someone who should be extended? 68% of the people who voted in our poll, Kev, said, yeah, it will prevent them. I think it's funny that another 20% say they messed this up from the beginning. Don't draft the running back at number two. Would you re-sign Saquon at this point? I Don't get me wrong. Like, all right, they maybe shouldn't have drafted him at two. But where we are now, that's kind of a sunk cost, Kev. Like, is he worth it? So this is where it gets really interesting, right? It's it's a waste of time if I just keep answering as I wouldn't have drafted him. Well, too bad. I've now drafted right. him. Right? But we're here now. So the question becomes, can I, A, actually get him at a discount because of these injuries a la that's ah, a bridge too far no because the open market the will still pay him as a top five back Kev, you know uh, the way look man running backs have just not been and that when i say a discount by the way saquon barkley was going to become the last running back that was going to reset the market that's what saquon barkley was going to be sure so and there will be a discount maybe on that number at the minimum that's interesting. 
The other side of the coin is look at this Giants schedule up until their bye, first 10 weeks. Home versus the Niners, at the Rams, at the Cowboys, home versus Washington, at Philly, home versus Tampa, at Washington, home versus Philly. They're going to be favored at best one time from now until week 10. If this team is 1-9, what is Dave Gettleman's job status at season's end? New management, who's not tied to Saquon, can make any decision they want. This is true. And that's why we'll keep an eye on it. And we'll talk about it more on tomorrow's edition of The Early Line. It is a sunk cost, and we feel bad for Saquon, but it's still a business. The morning after is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.